0: I'm Madeline Gold, and you're listening to Serotonin Speaks from Serotonin Says Mental Health. This is part two of our free Serotonin Bonus Holiday Memories podcast. We asked our listeners to send in voice recordings of their favorite holiday memories to share them with you all. We are so grateful to have gotten so many incredible submissions and can't wait to share this part two with you. So, without further ado, let's begin. Our first memory comes from Greg from Palo Alto, California.
1: Um, so when, when, uh, when both my, uh, when my dad was alive, we used to always, um, we used to always do th- uh, Christmas at my parents' house. Uh, and so even when, um, even when the, when we had small kids or before we had kids, and certainly as I was growing up, we'd always do, and we'd always take a particular photo every year. Uh, sitting on this really uh, ugly couch that was in our our family our living room and like literally that was the only time every year we'd ever use that couch so we'd sit down on it this is this giant cloud of dust that would come off of it because nobody had sat on the couch and so we'd all start sneezing and then we'd take a picture where there are two people sitting on the couch originally my brother and i so the family of four two on the couch two behind the couch uh, and then you know when uh, my brother got married and i got married then there were six of us so we have like you know four on the couch and two behind the couch or whatever but we'd always take that same picture every year and so i have like 25 versions of that same picture of us sitting on the couch uh, and which is a really really a really ugly couch it was the worst couch ever but uh, that was always that was our holiday tradition
0: Thanks for that hilarious and vivid holiday memory. I might just have to start a tradition like that in my own family. Up next, we have Jenny from Potomac, Maryland.
2: My favorite holiday memory is when, uh, for my grandma's birthday, which was December 20th, um, we went to New York because it's her favorite state, and... I went for my first time, and I got to see the Statue of Liberty, which was really fun. And I stayed in a very nice hotel room with my mom and my sister and my grandparents. And um, we also just, like, went to the American Girl store, the Lego store, and I bought, like, a little cup worth of Legos. And... When we got back to the hotel room, I remember dumping them out on the floor, and it just made a complete mess, but I had so much fun with it. But my most favorite part about it was that when the hotel room had a really big window, and directly across the street was a Coca-Cola sign. But it was one of those, like, giant TVs on the street. So there was a video playing of the Coca-Cola sign. And it was really cool. And I used to, I remember playing with my Legos. And every, like, 20, like, 15 minutes or so, maybe five minutes, I don't remember exactly, we the sign would um have like a little conveyor belt going and they would just be making the filling making and filling the Coca-Cola bottles and it was really like my favorite part about going there and the funny thing is that I had more of an obsession with candy at the time than I did with Um, Coke So the fact that I liked that Over going to like Dylan's candy store I found pretty funny But It was really fun And We also got to fill up These little cupcakes with candy And I remember eating it all Pretty much By like the day we got back Which was the day after we got it So I ate way too much of it Way too quickly But It was just really fun, and I really want to go back again, and hopefully it's still there.
0: Thanks for that awesome memory. I also love New York, and it's great that you had such an incredible time. Our next memory comes from James from Potomac, Maryland.
3: Hi, this is James from Potomac, and one of my favorite holiday memories is from 2013 we did a family song for the holidays where we took Obla Di Obla Da and we put our own words to it to summarize the year that we had together. And my three daughters at the time were four, six and eight. And my wife and girls all sang and I played guitar and we took a video of it and we sent it to a family and close friends. And the best part about it is it then became an annual tradition and we're still doing it to, to this day. And now my girls are playing guitar, bass and drums along with me on guitar and singing. And it's just become a great way to cap off the year and spend quality family time together producing something that we love.
0: Thank you so much for that amazing memory. It's so cool that your family has continued the tradition to this day. Our next memory is another one from Bill in Brooklyn, New York.
4: Hi, this is Bill from Brooklyn. Um, Let's see, another one of my Christmas memories and is a more more traditional Christmas memory maybe is uh, um, my brother and I were, were very young, probably, I don't know, five or six four or five something like that and um uh we just couldn't sleep couldn't sleep all night and we shared a room and we slept on bunk beds and uh we knew we were supposed to stay in our room but uh and we weren't but we knew eventually we were allowed to come out of the room and we were just arguing all night or weighing the pros and cons of when to try and come out and so as it turned out like every hour or so we would go knock on my parents and Trapes up the stairs, past the living room, um, knock on my parents' door and ask if we, could, if we could do Christmas yet. And, you know, of course, they just sent us back downstairs grumpily all night long. And I'm telling you, it must have been three or four times that night we walked up those stairs, past the living room, which had the Christmas tree in it, and into my parents' door. And we got sent back every time. And uh, finally, we come up and we knock on the door and they say, Okay. And we come out, and, you know, the tree has got all the presents and stuff under it, which it didn't have before, including a bicycle, I think. And, and, uh, I mean, not to get all corny, but... That to me is a bit of a Christmas miracle because I'm telling you, we walked past that thing four or five times that night and there wasn't anything there. So I don't know when my parents like snuck out and put all that stuff under the tree. I mean, I'm assuming it was my parents who put all that stuff under the tree. Um, Anyway. uh, All right. That's that's a memory.
0: Thank you for such an awesome memory. My sister and I have definitely done similar things when we celebrate the holidays with our family. Our next memory comes from Bess in Potomac, Maryland.
2: Hi, this is Bess. I'm from Potomac, Maryland. One Christmas when my three daughters were super teeny, my husband and I got them little Christmas pajamas and we wanted to take a picture of them because they looked so cute. But they were like bouncing off the walls and being hyper and couldn't get them to just pose for a simple picture. And then, um, we gave them, you know, those little baby bell, uh, mini cheeses. We gave them to them and they opened them up and all of a sudden they were settled down and then we finally got a picture and it was like the miracle of baby cheeses. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for that amazingly hilarious memory. I could totally see it playing out right in front of my eyes, and I even think I heard your daughters clapping for you at the end, which is pretty neat. Our next memory comes from siblings Frankie and Inez in Honolulu,
5: Hawaii. So what would you say is one of your favorite Christmas memories
3: now? Um, So we we were in Northern California, uh, cross-country skiing on Mount Chasta. Mm-hmm. and I remember we were going downhill to get back to the lodge, and you just, like, forgot to stop on the way down and just ended up flying down, like, just curled up into a little ball. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, you just which ran into actually, a tree.
5: Which apparently makes you go faster. It does not about <laughs> slow you down. It just makes you more aerodynamics. So I was just... Picking up speed, hurtling down the cliff. Hey, at least so. you had
3: more um, more cushioning for your head and <laughs> spine. And then you almost ran into the tree at the bottom.
5: I did. That did happen. I still have a couple pictures. Well, I have a video of that happening. Like, of yeah, myself that... just like holding my phone as I'm going down the hill. And I also have a couple pictures of you. Because when we went skiing, you were just like... Go, and then just go straight into the snowbanks on the side and just <laughs> crash into them, like, head first. So I have, like, five pictures of you in, like, various, like, locations was, along the That was now. not a
3: good idea. It was very cold. It was your very cold. your skis are, like,
5: all sticking out weird, and, like, your legs <laughs> and your arms you're, like... You look like one of those, like, crash dummies.
3: But yeah, you almost running into a tree was strangely probably a, a highlight of that winter. <laughs>
5: Yeah, why is that the thing that makes you happiest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, anything else? Hmm. Oh, I guess it's my turn now. Um, I would say that it doesn't really matter for me where I spend Christmas as long as it's with like people that I care about. So usually we do go to like uh, California and visit family around there, and that's always nice because we get to see them. I like being cold places because it doesn't get cold here. We don't really have seasons. So it's nice to be able to, like, actually wear cold clothes. I guess it's sort of, yeah, it's sort of special. Even if there's no snow at all.
3: We get to wear more than one layer <laughs> exactly. and not be baked in the yeah, sun. Yeah,
5: exactly. Even if it's, like, not even snowy and it's, like, totally gross and slushy, it's still nice and cold, so we get to cozy up and stay inside with actually an excuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I really, it's a happy Christmas for me if I get to spend it with, like, people that I care about. So this year, I'm excited. Well, I'm thankful that I get to spend it here in Hawaii, where all my friends are, even though I don't get to visit any of our family in the rest of the, on the mainland. That was
0: quite the story. Thank you guys so much for sharing. Our next and final memory comes
6: from Frankie and her dad in Brooklyn, New York. Hi, I'm Frankie and I live in Brooklyn. Here's one of my family's Christmas traditions. It's the story my dad tells every year. We always do Christmas morning in Brooklyn, but my dad's parents live in Charlottesville, Virginia. So we, after we open our presents and eat a bit, we hop in the car for the seven hour drive to Virginia. We start out just doing our normal car routines. Eating, playing the radio, and talking about our presents and what we're looking forward to doing in Charlottesville. But it gets dark early, and we're pretty tired by the time we've been on the road for an hour or so. My little sister Best is always sound asleep. But my big sister Lucy is half awake, half sleeping. I never sleep in the car, so I'm awake, but kind of zoning out. I'm not sure what my mom is doing because I only ever see the back of her head, but she is quiet too. What I'm saying is... Not a creature is stirring. Not even a mouse. On it goes like this through most of New Jersey, but then about three hours into the drive, a few miles before I-95 crosses the Susquehanna River, my dad wakes everyone up, except for me. Like I said, I don't sleep in the car, and says,
4: Have I ever told you about the time?
6: The thing about the intro is, I'm 12 years old, and my father has literally told this story the exact same way, the exact same time, every year of my life. When he was in his 20s living in Virginia, he would drive to see his friends in New York every year. He took the New Jersey Turnpike, the very same highway we would drive to see my grandparents at Christmas.
4: It started out like normal. I got got on the road around 9 like I always do. The thing is, there was a storm blowing in on the east coast. It wasn't really rainy, but it was windy. I mean really windy. And every time a gust of wind would hit the car, I would have to struggle to keep the car on the road.
6: He drove like that for hours, white-knuckling it the whole way. As you can probably guess, the climactic event happened on the bridge. By the time he was approaching, it was he was pretty frazzled. But it, it was about to get worse. Coming down the hill towards the bridge, there was a sign. It's still there. Caution, bridge is subject to crosswinds.
4: And I thought, oh, Lord.
6: And the sign wasn't kidding. The second he hit the bridge, boom! Boom! A big gust of wind hit the car.
4: And my hood popped up.
6: On most cars, the hood popping up would have meant that the driver couldn't see. But as my dad had told me 12 times in my life so far, his car has what's called a bonnet hood, which means rather than having its hinge near the windshield and the hood opening from the front, like a Pac-Man that's going to eat the car in front of it, the hinge is on the front and the hood opens from the windshield side. I guess like a Pac-Man that's going to eat the driver.
4: If I'd had a regular hood, it probably would have caught so much wind that it would have blown right off the car. And even if it didn't, it would have blinded me. Fortunately, I had that bonnet hood, so it just popped up and just hovered there. And if I set up really high, I could see over the hood.
6: My dad sat up all the way in his seat and slowed down. He was probably going out about as fast as my sister goes when she practices driving. And just for clarification about her average speed, joggers and the occasional brisk walker have been known to pass her. But driving like at this rate, and sitting up in this awkward position, he was able to make it across the bridge. And then what happened?
4: I finally got to the other side, and I pulled over, got out of the car, pushed the hood back down, got back in the car, and drove the rest of the way to New York.
6: There you have it. My Christmas memory. I admit, the ending kind of fizzles. I have no idea why it sticks with me so much, but it's not my dad's best story. It's not even his best car story. That would be the one about the bat flying in the window, which he tells when we drive across the border between Virginia and North Carolina. But it's a good enough story. And I guess there's something to the regularity of it. Hearing every year in the same place at the same time. As I'm spacing out with visions of, well, you know, dancing in my head.
0: Thank you, Frankie, for sharing such a hilarious and wholesome holiday memory. And with that final holiday memory, we're going to close out our free serotonin bonus episode of Serotonin Speaks. We hope that you enjoyed this special edition of our podcast, and thank you again so, so much to everyone who contributed memories for both part one and part two. If you haven't already, go give part one of this special episode a listen. This episode was produced and edited by me, Madeline Gold. You're listening to Serotonin Speaks from Serotonin Says Mental Health. See you next time for a new episode.